John chapter 21. We just came through Holy Week. It's a time to remember all that Jesus suffered for our salvation. But it's also a time to fully understand God's love for us. His unconditional love. And it's not enough to just say that we love God. We must show Him that we love Him. John 3.16, For God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in Him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's God telling us that He loves us. But when Jesus goes to the cross, it is God showing us that he loves us. One of my favorite parts of the, of the whole uh, Passion Scriptures is uh, John twenty six fifty three, And Jesus said, Thinkest thou that I cannot now pray to my Father, and he will, shall presently give me more than twelve legions of angels? Well, Jesus said, he said, Any time. Any time I could have called down thousands of angels to save me. At any time during this whole thing. But he didn't, did he? He kept his mouth shut. Not when he was betrayed. Not during the trials. Not when he was being scourged. Not when they was putting that crown of thorn on his head. And not when they pressed it into his skull. And not when they drove the nails into his hands. Not when he was sitting there and they shoved a spear into him and he died. At no time did he cry out, Lord, send a legion of angels to save me. Why? Because he loved us. Isn't it wonderful? Love kept his lips closed. Love for the Father and unconditional love for us. Unconditional because while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Jesus showed us his great love and and how do we show our love to Him? Do we love God unconditionally? Are we willing to do all we can to show Him our love? And not just tell Him. Jesus has been resurrected here in this story. And the disciples go fishing. You know, when I was sitting here reading this, and for all the times I've read this, I thought, that just seems so silly to me. That all they've seen, all they've been through, all they've witnessed, and they say, well, let's just go fishing. And then I started thinking t- today or yesterday, in the last couple of days, and I began to think, every time I talk, any time I mention fishing or hear about fishing, I think about Dad. My dad was an incredible fisherman. And there was, uh, they had testimonies at his funeral where people would stand up and talk about that. And it was a little, as, as his son, it was a little uh, unnerving, you know, because I could go and stand on that fish uh, creek bank there and spend all day long and not get my limit. And I believe, I believe without a shadow of a doubt, that my dad could get his limit out of a mud hole in the parking lot. He could. He used the same bait I was using. I even went over and got his, and so I'd use it to make sure. I let, I let him bait my hook because I thought maybe there was something on his fingers that he, he did. But it never worked for me. It just worked for him. And I think my dad would have told you that he'd done some of his best thinking while he was fishing, so... It kind of gives me an understanding these most of these disciples here were fishermen. And they thought, man, I just, we just need a break. We just need, need time to regroup and think. Let's go fishing. But they couldn't catch anything, could they? So let's read. Let's pick up where I'll stop reading for the children. In John chapter 21, starting verse 7. We'll read through 19. It says, therefore the disciples whom Jesus loved said unto Peter, It is the Lord. 
Now when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he girded up his fisher's coat unto him, for he was naked, and he did cast himself into the sea. And the other disciples came in a little ship, for they were not far from the land, but as it were two hundred cubits, dragging the nets with fish. As soon as they were come to land, they saw a fire and coals there, and fish laid thereon and bread. And Jesus said unto him, Bring the fish, bring of the fish which ye have now caught. Simon Peter went up and drew the net to land full of great fish, and hundred and fifty and three. And for all there was, uh, all there were so many, yet was not the net broken. And Jesus said to them, Come and dine. And many of the disciples durst ask him, Who art thou? Knowing that it was the Lord. Jesus then cometh and taketh bread and giveth, uh, giveth, giveth them, and fish likewise. This is now the third time that Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was risen from the dead. So when he had dined, he said unto uh, Simon Peter, Simon, son of of Jonah, lovest thou me more than these? And he saith unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He He said unto him, Feed my lambs. He said unto him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, ye know that I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonah, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he said unto him a third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said unto him, Feed my sheep. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, When thou wast young, thou girdest thyself, and walkest whether thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands, and another shall gird thee, and carry thee uh, whether thou wouldest cut not. And he spake, this this spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had spoken this, he saith unto him, Follow me. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, we thank you for this time you've given us, Father. We thank you for the beautiful songs and, 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 and the message that they bring. And Lord, we thank you for loving us so deeply that you sent your Son to die on the cross for us. And Father, you didn't send him to die for the good. You sent him to die for all people because for all of sin comes short of the glory of God. It's that unconditional love, Father, that we should serve you with. So, Father, as we spend a little time thinking about how we love you, let us understand that it's important that we show you how much we love you and that we follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. It's interesting that Jesus made fishers of men and now they came catch fish. They were fishing, and Jesus appeared on the shore. He tells them to cast to the right side. They have a miraculous catch. And when they come to the shore, Jesus has breakfast waiting for them, and he fed his disciples. But after the meal, he wanted to talk to Peter. He wanted to ask Peter the most important question of his life. Do you love me? Sounds like a strange question. We have every reason to love Jesus, don't we? 
1 John 4.19, we love him because he first loved us. We wouldn't even know how to love if it wasn't for Jesus Christ. Looking back over our lives, we can see how God has blessed us, uh, has, has been so good to us, and given us so many blessings. But we can see the Lord's love most of all because he died on the cross for our sins. There should be no doubt that Jesus loves us, and we should love him. But I want us to look at uh, this passage here and look at three ways that we can show Jesus, show God how much we love him. First, we must confess our love for the Lord. Look at 15 and 17 again. He asks those three questions. So when, so when they had dined, uh, Jesus had, said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of Jonas, son of Jonas, lovest thou me more than these? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, you know, knowest that I love thee. And he said unto him, Feed my sheep. Feed my lambs, I'm sorry. He said unto him again a second time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Yea, Lord, thou knowest that I love thee. He said unto him, Feed my sheep. He said unto him a third time, Simon, son of Jonas, lovest thou me? And Peter was grieved because he had said unto him a third time, Lovest thou me? And he said unto him, Lord, thou knowest all things. Thou knowest that I love thee. Jesus said to him, feed my sheep. So why did Jesus ask uh, Peter these questions? One reason is because he wanted to help Peter. Jesus knows the answer. Jesus knows what's in her heart. He wasn't concerned on whether or not Peter loved him or not. He was, Jesus didn't say, well, he denied me three times. I'm going to see if he'll love me three times. That wasn't Jesus' intent at all. He knows the hearts of his disciples. He knows the hearts of everyone. But he wanted to help Peter. Peter had failed the Lord by denying him. And he felt guilty. Three times he denied the Lord. And Peter had no one to blame for his failures but himself. He was in a miserable state. He needed to go fishing. He needed to take his mind off of what was going on in his life because things weren't going out the way they weren't working out the way he wanted them to. I spent this past week having some conversations with people which I really didn't want to have. But I had to. And sometimes when you get to that point where you realize that uh, you're trying to help someone and, and you feel so inadequate about it, you just feel like you need the time away. You need to, 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 to reset. I think that's what Peter needed to do here. Peter was consumed with his failures and he had no one else to blame. I'll tell you what, it's, it's interesting living in a house full of children, all right? You can be in another room, you hear a crash, you go into the room and, and something's broke. You say, okay, what happened? Who did it? Nobody. Nobody did it, all right? Because they, they can do that, right? Because one can blame this one, this one can blame this one. And by the time you get back around, you realize that you're never going to find out exactly what happened because there's someone there to blame. Peter had no one to blame. Peter stood up and said, oh, Lord, I, you know, I, I, will, I will never deny you, Lord. I'll, I'll follow you to death. And then he denied him three times. So Peter had no one to blame. This was between him and Jesus. But see how Jesus deals with Peter's guilt. He didn't yell at Peter. He didn't rub it in, saying, see, I was right. I told you you would do this. No, he didn't embarrass Peter. He just asked Peter three simple questions. 
Simple but important questions. Do you love me? It's a hard question when you have been, when you've let the Lord down. But Jesus gives Peter three more chances to confirm his love to him. Love can seem like a fickle emotion. Emotions may run hot one minute and cold the next, but Jesus wants Peter and us to see what love truly is. Love is a decision to pursue relationship. It is directing our eyes and feet into action. Love is a decision from which our emotions will follow. Jesus is asking Peter, do you love me with my unconditional love? 1 Peter 4.8 says, And above all things have fervent love among yourselves, for love shall cover a multitude of sins. That's the unconditional love verse. Above all things have love, fervent love, among yourselves. We're to love each other unconditionally. Because love covers a multitude of sins. 1 Corinthians 13.7 says, love, talking about love, beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, and endureth all things. Jesus is trying to help Peter here to get over his guilty conscience. Peter was tormented by his uh, conscience, by the decisions he made. We all have been from time to time. We? None of us has always done what we're supposed to do. None of us has come to the throne of grace and said, Lord, I, I am good. I, I have no problems. We always come to the throne of grace and say, Lord, I've failed you so many times this week. Lord, there's so many things I could have done for you that I didn't do. Lord, there's so many things that I shouldn't have said that I said. There's so many things I thought that I shouldn't have thought. We always come with a guilty conscience. But the key is you come to the throne with a guilty conscience, but you leave justified because he forgives. He takes it away. That's what he's wanting Peter to understand here. Peter, don't carry this guilt with you. I have things I need you to do. I have work for you to do, and you can't do it if you're always thinking about what you did in the past. So do you love me? Well, then that's what matters now. Not what you did last week. What matters now is, do you love me? He wants to show Peter that fear made him deny the Lord. But Peter needs to know that he does truly love Jesus Christ. We may fail him, but the Lord will never fail us. And Jesus wants to help uh, Peter, but he also wants to hear it from Peter. He also needs to hear the words. He needs to under, Peter to know that he can come to him and tell him that he loves him. Because Peter, you, can you imagine? He's denied uh, Christ three times. And now Jesus says, do you love me? And Peter says, yes, I love you. Jesus can say, no, you don't. You deny me three times. How can you say you love me when you acted that way last week? It's, it's, that, it's that thing we have. In our, our, it's our humanness. That, that we, can't, we can't focus on what we're doing now because we know what we did yesterday or the day before. So Jesus needs Peter to hear him say the words. I, I need to hear you say it, Peter, that you love me. He wants to hear from all of us. So I asked him three times. Jesus wants to hear Peter express his love 
It's like being in a relationship, isn't it? If you're in a relationship with your husband or wife, it doesn't matter how many times in the past you told them that you love them. You better tell them today. You don't build up credit. Say, well, if I told her I loved her, you know, every day for the last 30 years of marriage, and, I, and, I, and you do the math, and you say, well, that's plenty. I'm done. I'm, I'm finished. No. But you go, you go a couple of days, and you say, you know, oh, you haven't told me you love me in a couple of days. Peter needs to understand that it's okay for him to love God, even though he denied God. Amen? Church, you need to understand it's okay for you to love Jesus even though you've betrayed Jesus before in the past, even because you have something in your conscience that you're not proud of. Jesus says, confess your sins, and I'm faithful and just to forgive you of your sins and cleanse you of all unrighteousness. He said, come to me. Tell me you love me. You never get tired of hearing people sincerely say, I love you. No greater kindness could have been shown Peter and to draw him from this, draw him this confession of love. Jesus is drawing out this open love that Peter has for him. And with a heart full of doubt and shame, Peter told the Lord that he loved him. And so should we. When's the last time you told Jesus you loved him? Second, we must also commit to work for the Lord. In those same verses, after he says, do you love me? And Peter confirms this, says, Lord, you know I love you. He said, feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. This, the Lord certainly wants us to tell him that we love him. But that's not enough. That's not enough. Yeah, I can tell my wife every day that I love you. But if I slap her, or mistreat her, or ignore her, she knows that it's just words. She knows there's no, there's no love in behind them words. And God tells Peter, he says, I've got, got jobs for you to do. And this is what the Lord told Peter three times. Feed my lambs, feed my sheep, feed my sheep. Love is not something we say. We are commanded to love, and God's commands are clear. He calls all his followers to serve. To serve him by serving others. The word servant is found 165 times in the New Testament. Some examples are in Romans 14, 17, and 18. It says, For the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that uh, in those things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. To serve God. 1 Corinthians 9, 19 says, For though I be free from all men, Yet have I made myself servant unto all, that I might gain the more. So we're free from this world. We're free from... Nobody has a hold on me. But because I'm free through Christ, I serve him, and I'm willing to make myself a servant to others. Galatians 5.13, For brethren, ye have been called into liberty. Only uh, do not use liberty for an opportunity of the flesh, but through love serve one another. 2 Corinthians 4, 5. For we preach, not ourselves, but Christ uh, Jesus, the Lord, and ourselves, your servants, for Christ's sake. We're to serve others. We're to show others the love we have for God by showing that we love them. And there are many ways to serve God, and they all involve serving others. 
helping, inviting, loving, giving, teaching. All the things we can do to show them the love of God. You keep asking the Lord, He'll show you what He wants you to do. But our attitude is what's important. It's just as important as our actions are. Psalms 102 says, it tells us, serve the Lord with gladness. Listen, this doesn't work like you go to a job that you hate. You go to a job because you know at the end of the two weeks you get a paycheck and you're, you're trying to support your family. You hate the work, but you've got to get the money. It's not that way. Serving to God is a work we do with gladness in our heart because if Christ is willing to go to the cross and die for us, then we should be willing to serve others. Jesus commanded us to serve like he served, with love, joy, kindness, humility, and Peter needed an attitude adjustment. And we all do from time to time. Just hours before Jesus died on the cross for us, the disciples were arguing about who was the greatest. In Luke chapter 22, starting verse 24, and there was also strife among them, which of them should be accounted the greatest. And he said unto them, The kings of the Gentiles exercise lordship over them, and they that exercise authority upon them are called benefactors. But ye shall not be so. But he that is greatest among you, let him be as the younger, and he that is chief, as he that doeth serve. For whether, the greater, for whether is greater, he that sitteth at meat, or he that serveth, is not he that sitteth at meat. I am among you as he that serveth. They want to know which ones would be the greatest when they come into the kingdom of God. And he says, why are you concentrating on who's going to be the greatest? Jesus, Jesus should have looked at him right there and said, I am Alpha and Omega, I am the beginning and the end. I am the first, the last, and everything in between. Everything is about me, and I come to serve you. I just got through washing your feet. And you want to know who's greatest? The greatest among you is the one who humbles himself and serves others. God commanded us to serve like he served, with love and kindness and humility. And our goal is to lead people to Christ so that they can experience his love and forgiveness. We must commit to the work that God has given us. Church, we must commit to outreach. We must commit to loving others. We must commit to giving, to sharing, to going. And finally, we must continue to trust in the Lord. Look at verse 18 and 19. Verily, verily, I say unto thee, when thou was young, thou girdest thyself and walkest where thou wouldest. But when thou shalt be old, thou shalt stretch forth thy hands and another shall gird thee and carry thee where there was not. This spake he, signifying by what death he should glorify God. And when he had thus uh, spoken this, he said unto him, Follow me. We must keep the trust in the Lord no matter what. Here Jesus is telling Peter that one day he would be tied up and taken to a Roman cross and he would die for his faith. And this is not punishment because he denied Jesus three times. God doesn't, doesn't seek revenge like that. This is just how God was going to use Peter to glorify him. 
Jesus didn't say, Peter, I know you love me now. You said it three times. And you're going to do some great things for me. And when it is all over, you can retire and have a life of comfort. Not how it works out, is it? It's not what's going to happen. It's going to happen, but once he leaves this world, he'll have a life of comfort. Jesus didn't say you're going to uh, glorify God by preaching on the day of Pentecost and 3,000 people will get saved. Peter, you're going to do, uh, glorify God by working wonderful miracles in my name. And you're going to lead the church. And you're going to write part of the New Testament. Jesus knew this, but he focused on Peter's suffering. Peter will glorify God by doing something he didn't want to do, suffering on the cross. God's not always going to give us what we want. Hmm. Talked to Bill Riley. He lost his wife. And now he's lost his son. He's looking for answers. But sometimes God just doesn't want to give us all the answers. Because God doesn't want us living saying, we know what's going to happen. We know what's going on. It says we should live by faith. If you're going to live by faith, then you can't know everything. You have to trust in the Lord. He's not always going to give us what we want. We are not the center of the universe. There's bigger things happening in our lives and bigger things happening around us and God is more concerned about our character than our comfort. His goal is to perfect us spiritually, not to bring us comfort physically. And all we need to do is to hear Jesus say, follow me and trust him enough to surrender all. And that's what Peter did. You know, I can't help but think when Peter's walking with Jesus, you know, he's... Can you just picture this, all right? He denied Jesus three times. Jesus died, rose again. He saw his resurrected Savior. And now here he is walking with him on the beach just like nothing happened. And it seems like everything's normal, but I can just imagine Peter keeps looking over and looking at his hands. Seeing those scars from the nails. And in his heart, Peter knows he did that for me. I denied him, but he still went to the cross and died for me. I have eternal life even though I failed him. How much love does he have for me? Peter said in 2 Peter 1.14, knowing that surely I must put off uh, this tabernacle even as the Lord Jesus Christ has shown me. He knew he was going to die, but he served God anyway. Why? Because... He knew it was important to live for the Lord. And Peter urges us to grow in godliness and love by the example that Jesus set in 1 Peter chapter 2. Starting verse 21, it says, For even hereunto ye are called, because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. Who did no sin, neither was God found in his mouth. Who, when he was reviled, reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself 
to him that judgeth righteously, who his own body bear uh, our sins, who his own self bear our sins in his own body, for the tree that we, being dead to sin, should live into righteousness, by whose stripes you, you are healed. He said he bears the scars. I think Peter wrote that because that day on the Sea of Galilee, when he's walking with Jesus, he's looking at the prints of the nails in his hands and his feet. We all need to trust in Jesus Christ. Listen, when things go wrong in our life, when bad things happen to good people, we have to understand that we're really not good people. You know, sometimes we like to think we're good people. But we're really not good people. For all sin comes short of the glory of God. Peter must have thought that nothing I can ever do will be enough to repay Christ for what he's done for me. He said, I could work the rest, you must have thought I could work the rest of my life. I can devote every minute, of every second, of every hour, of every day to the service of God, and it will never be enough to pay for what Jesus paid for me. We can't repay that. But we can't love him enough to trust in him. We can get up every morning and say, I ought to love him. I will love him. I do love him. Let me ask you a question. Do you love the Lord today? If you do, then confess your love for him. Commit to the work he's called you to do. And continue to trust in him. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Just for a minute. If you're here today, and you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, Today's the day. The Bible says that uh, he can come in any minute. He can come in any second. At the time we least expected he could be here. And Revelations tells us that if you're on just when he comes back, you'll stay on just. There's, there's no hope once he comes back and takes his church home. Once you leave this world, once you take your final breath, if you've not had a relationship with Jesus Christ, there's no hope for you. No one knows when their last breath will be. Are you ready? Do you really understand how much Christ done for you, how much he died for you, how he gives you eternal life? You just believe in him. Peter denied him, but God loved him. And there's nothing in your life that you've done that's bad enough for God to say, I'm done with you. Jesus cried, follow me. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you've done. Follow me. I'll take care of you. I'll make you new on the inside out. Follow me. Church, if you're here today, it's not enough for us to say we love Jesus Christ. It's not enough to wear a t-shirt that says I love God or to post it on your Facebook or, or to put a bumper sticker on your car. It's not enough. 
Jesus said, Peter, do you love me? Peter said, you know I love you. He said, well, then feed my sheep. Do my work. Do my will. Serve me the way you should. Because God is not willing that any should perish, but all come to repentance. And that can only happen if God's people will get up and not love with their mouth, but love with their feet, with their hands, with their heart, with their attitude, and with their mind, and go out into the world and show people the love of Christ. Today's the day. Today's the day of salvation. Today's the day that you forget about what you did yesterday and concentrate on what you're going to do right now and what you're going to do tomorrow. Concentrate on it in the morning, getting up and saying, Lord, today I want to serve you. Today, Lord, I want to go where you tell me to go. I want to touch the hearts of the people you tell me to go to. I want to be a blessing to someone else. I want people to see Jesus in me. I want people to know that I belong to you and that they can too. But you can't just say that. You've got to go and do that. It's time to be the church and not say we're the church. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you, Father. And Father, none of us can come to you and say we're perfect. And this past week, Father, we didn't make any mistakes. We come to you, Father, saying we're sinners saved by your wonderful grace. And Father, there's a, there's a whole lot of things that we should have done that we didn't do. And there's a whole lot of things we shouldn't have done that we did do. And Father, we are asking your forgiveness for that, Father. But more importantly, Father, we're asking, Lord, that you'll continue to use us to put people in our path that we need to help to put a love in our heart for the loss of this world, to put a joy in our heart knowing that we belong to you. We're not, uh, con- uh, we're not chained to this world. We're not even chained to these people, Father, but we serve them because you love them. And what you love, we love. What you care about, we care about. Father, help us to be your church. Father, if there's anyone here today that doesn't know you as their Savior, I pray today would be the day. Father, let them come to me. I'd love to tell them more about you and your wonderful saving grace and how their sins can be washed away and and their joy of uh, eternal life can fill their souls, Father. And they'll never be perfect, Father, but they'll have a, a desire in their heart to serve you. Father, help them today to see what's truly important. In Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Let's all stay together and sing our final hymn of praise.